0: Morning everyone, welcome to uh, this installment of Comcast. We're going to be exploring the theme of the supernatural in Macbeth today, thinking about how uh, it appears in various different guises and the witches, uh, visions, Lady Macbeth's um, incantations and spells. So, first of all, Mr Gleed, how does, uh how do you think the supernatural sort of tracks through the play? What impact does it have on the overarching play as a whole, would you say? Well, I think...
1: One of the main um, one one of the main sort of purposes of the supernatural in terms of how it affects the other characters, particularly Macbeth, and you know, and to an extent Lady Macbeth as well, is the um, the increase of superstition. I mm. think I think that the, the idea of superstition and the supernatural are very very connected yeah. because Macbeth is constantly worried about sort of the. The universe and and, yeah. his, and his destiny mm. um, and things like that, and I feel like because he's so conscious of that, um, you know, I mean, if you look at you know Act Three, Scene Four, when Backwards ghost appears, um, you know, he's he's starting to become more maybe uh, susceptible um, to hallucinations regarding mm. uh, the supernatural. So I think, yeah, it's it's this it's this awareness of of superstition that Shakespeare really wants to put forth as a sort of a background reason as to why um, Macbeth feels the way he does about his desires to, to become
2: king. Mm. One of the key words there that <coughs> I think you touched on is the word destiny. Mm. And for me, the supernatural is sort of linked with fate quite heavily Huge in Macbeth. Yeah. I mm. think particularly for me, the, uh, the thing I always associate the witches with in Macbeth is a sort of classical allusion to the Sisters of Fiat that weave the tapestry. Mm. and We don't know whether their sort of omniscient knowledge of, or foreknowledge of events is being directly influenced by them or whether they're simply having knowledge about future events. Um, so to me it is it, it's one of those key um, existential questions that Macbeth has is, is he able to change his own fate or has his, is his future already written? Yeah, I think that's a
0: really key idea because, Mm. you know, throughout the play, something that, again, intertwines with Supernatural a lot is the idea of dichotomy and sort of opposites, um, something not seeming as though it were on face value. So, yeah, Mm. I think although he tries to change his fate by sort of, you know, trying to climb up the chain of being and commit regicide and kill Duncan and change his future path, is it preordained is the question, as you say. sir? And I think... That's a really key question to bring up when we're thinking about the supernatural. Um, we first obviously meet them in Act One, Scene One, which is one of the most famous scenes in literature, mm. arguably sort of, um, you know, fair is foul, foul, foul is fair, hover through the fog and the filthy air. Um, <coughs> so, why do you think Shakespeare chooses that scene to open the play?
1: Well, I think Shakespeare immediately, you know, sets this play up to be about. Um, you know it it it, it highlights uh, an unusual atmosphere it highlights you know forces of evil at work in the world you know it, and the sense of opposites mm. um that you know bad deeds are perceived to be good um and really it's sort of um sort of it, it sets the tone for some of the actions that macbeth takes um mm. later on and so and, and i think it sets up this idea of you know the natural versus the supernatural which comes to fruition later, I think through, especially through the characters of Banquo and Macduff, hmm. representing the natural order of things, hmm. um, and Macbeth representing the upside down <laughs> perspective yeah. that the, no, that the witches yeah. sort of
2: set up at the beginning. Hmm. It is a, it is a huge spectacle as well. I mean, and sh- Shakespeare's audience wouldn't have been expecting to walk into a theatre and be exposed to this sort of witchcraft no. straight yes, away. It's straight it's straight away, striking.
0: there's a lot of Jacobean. Uh, fear at mm. the time Yeah. Um, obviously you're not expected to write about context uh, in the exam but it's interesting to note that mm. in that era under the uh, reign of King James there was an awful lot of fear around witchcraft mm. um, women were plucked off the streets because they would do something strange and they'd be um, interrogated, tortured, executed so mm. um, it was at a time of great suspicion so yes definitely I think a Shakespearean
2: audience would have been amazed Just and just to terrifying. link that in as well, um, sort of the demonization of women, particularly powerful women, does link to what <coughs> happened with Ma- Lady Macbeth as well. Definitely. Almost this, A woman almost can't be powerful without being some level of evil mm. and male- mm. malevolent. And, and the, you know, it's very, very hard for a female character to appear powerful without sort of appearing to be on the dark side that of the spectrum, so to speak. Point. Mm. if you want to look at it from a slightly feminist point of yeah, view. Yeah,
1: and, and that first scene, it it, it really, it, it foreshadows, um, you know, the evil um, th- that is about to come, mm. you know, I mean, you've got the the thunder and lightning
2: that, that suggests, a policy, that? yeah, mm. absolutely, the
1: havoc that sh- uh, Scotland's about to experience, um, you know, the, the, the witches, um, you know, uh, they, they basically, it's it's almost like they're sort of giving the an, an evil drug at the beginning of the mm. play mm. Um, and sort of planting this It's a curse, isn't it? A curse, yeah. it is absolutely mm. a curse, it's a yeah, really good way of putting it absolutely.
0: Mm. I think something structural that, this is not my analysis something that my, my students came up with is um, the idea of rhyme, so Shakespeare uses rhyme throughout the play to allude to the supernatural and to magic so mm. rhyming couplets are initially used by Witches, the witches, the biggest sort of symbol of the uh, supernatural in the play, and that is then corroborated by Macbeth and Lady Macbeth as they slowly go through their descent into paranoia, evil, mm. um, and murderousness. Um, so it's interesting to find those examples of rhyming couplets, for example. It does sort of sound
2: like spell casting, doesn't yeah. it? The way here in Not Duncan, together. it is mm. a knell
0: that summons thee to heaven or to hell. Mm. So, you know, that's Macbeth's first one. Mm. Um, so you, you see that appear throughout the play and um, and that definitely sort of links to the supernatural there
1: I think it's probably also <coughs> important to note that um you know the the, the supernaturals the, the idea of the supernatural and and you know this this curse essentially that the witches put on macbeth you know it it doesn't um excuse his actions no you know no it's, no. it's it's not the cause um of his actions it mm. is it is um It's his own mind that has wrapped around the idea of Mm. you know what the witches have planted in him in terms of he's going to be king, Mm. and we know this. We know that it's not you know it's not directly connected to the actions he takes exactly because Banquo resists. Mm. Banquo says, "Oh well, that's not the you know." He, he puts it to one side because he knows it's ridiculous and he and he doesn't mm. believe it's it's something mm. he wants to pursue.
0: Have we eaten of the insane route, he says. Yeah, he? yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a really interesting point actually, because without that ambition that he had sort of latent within him, he would not necessarily
2: have done done the deed. If in they almost become quite a convenient thing to become a symbol for Macbeth's own morality, don't they? They do. In, in the aspect that they're sort of being blamed for setting this up or whatever, but they're really only preying on ambitions that were already there. Yeah, exactly. And exacerbating mm. what has been there since the start.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, we talked a bit about the witches. Um, we've sort of touched on a little bit the impact that has on the Macbeth family. Um, I think the first time we see that really clearly is the hallucination, isn't it, of the dagger? Yeah. So act two, scene one, uh, right at the end, is this a dagger I see before me, the handle towards my hand? He hallucinates the dagger right in front of him and it's pointing, it marshals him the way that he needs to go, as, it, as he says. Um, why is it significant that we think that it's a dagger and not, for example, a sword? Why, why would the witches, for example, conjure that image in his mind or I mean why would that image
2: for me, it's because the sword is a sort of symbol of valiant combat, whereas the dagger is for more dark deeds. Definitely. If, if it were a sword, it would sort of be, you know, more single combat. Courageous, it, they, yeah, courageous. Whereas a dagger is sort of, yeah. perhaps, seen as more of a, a weapon of secrecy or yeah. poison or. And, and knives, knives in general, swords
1: and daggers, uh, well, any blade is sort of perceived to be quite an intimate weapon of choice. Mm. You know, it's quite a, it's a very intimate way to. To kill someone, mm. <laughs> um, rather than, than you know using a gun mm. where you can sort of shoot someone from a distance, mm. so you more know
0: attached, isn't it?
1: It's, it's much yeah absolutely, but a dagger is even more mm. intimate because you have to get much closer to the subject, and so mm. maybe it mm. you know emphasises the fact that you know this this death will will haunt Macbeth very very closely um, mm. as the play moves on. And
0: it's and it's interesting to note that the when he does he is uh, referred to as killing people in battle you know, he unseamed someone from the knaves of the chaps, if you remember in, um, mm. uh, that's spoken by the captain in that one scene too. Um, <coughs> and he, that doesn't seem to bother him. The fact that he's doing that yeah. in name of Scotland, yeah. but when he has to use a dagger, it has a different impact. So I think it's that idea of intimacy. Yeah. It's a really interesting point. As
2: yeah, President before obviously as well, most classical portrayals do you tend to use daggers rather than Julius, Julius Caesar, Caesar yeah. Was yeah. the first one that I was thinking of. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Um,
0: so he hallucinates again, obviously. Um, Banquo's ghost in Act Three, Scene Four. Yeah, Act Three, Scene Four. Uh, Banquo's ghost. Um, never shake their gory locks at me. Um, and we see sort of a real mental deterioration. He's completely unable to remove the vision from his mind. Hence, horrible shadow. Hence, and he can't mm. get it out of his mind. And Lady Macbeth is saying, "When all's said and done, you look but on a stool." But the issue there is that he can't see past the hallucination, so it has now got control of him. Mm. Although, is it control? Perhaps not.
2: I mean, the evil forces in this play are sort of almost inextricable from the character's own mentality. Yeah, true. We don't know to what extent they are real. Mm. I mean, were the witches just a projection at the start as well? Do they actually exist? I mean, there's a little bit of ambiguity, even though more than one character perceives them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is it, is it, are they more symbolic? Are they just a, a reflection of what's going on internally? It's um, an interesting point, yeah. But, um, yeah. Uh, I mean, we see it with Lady Macbeth as well, whenever she starts to hallucinate with the blood as well. So it's yeah. multiple characters having these internal struggles, which they're then projecting outwards as that's mm. hallucination. And mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, so when she sort of, you know, out down spot in Act 5, Scene mm. 1, um, she's sleepwalking, isn't she? Yeah. She's in this sort of fugue state where she can't again control what she's saying because she reveals all of the secrets to the Doctor and the gentlewoman, if you remember. Mm-hmm. The Thane of Fife had a wife, where is she now? Mm. You know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Um, so <laughs> I think that the only other aspect we haven't really touched on, which is a relatively neat segue, is Lady Macbeth's own sort of connection with the supernatural, come you spirits, the tend of mortal thoughts. Mm-hmm. So when she, in Act 1, Scene 5 and 7, is sort of using her. I'm being careful what to say here because Lady Macbeth is not a witch. Mm. Let me make that clear really yeah. <laughs> to the students. <laughs> Please uh, do not write <laughs> that Lady Macbeth <laughs> is a witch. <laughs> She's not the fourth witch. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, she she uh, tries to connect with the supernatural. I think largely because of some of the reasons you said, Mr. Lyons, the idea of you know a, wi- a, fem- a female character
2: cannot simply be a powerful feminine figure. She mm. has to have some sort of And again we we see her imploring the evil to take <coughs> her milk for gall. She's casting off the venom in, in order to embrace this power. Mm. Unsex, um, me, unsex here. me here. Unsex me here. She wants to be
0: genderless so yeah. she doesn't have the shackles of either manhood or womanhood. Exactly that.
1: Yeah.
0: And I think that would happen to a lot of Jacobean fear as well over which is yeah. it
1: does make us kind of wonder because we I I think as 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 a modern audience we feel some sympathy, some sympathy for Lady Macbeth at the end of the play. Not everyone would, but I think there's an argument to be said that a lot of people mm. would find mm. sympathy for Lady Macbeth. But it's quite interesting to think about maybe what the Jacobine audience at the time would have felt because she is literally summoning, mm. you know, <laughs> the supernatural mm-hmm. and sort of, and, and you know, going along with this idea of witchcraft and essentially embracing witchcraft. Mm. Um, and obviously at the time, you know, that was, you know, Something that they greatly feared, and King James absolutely hated witchcraft yeah. and he, um, you know, all the hysteria around
2: it. So they would have viewed Lady Macbeth incredibly differently, I think, at the end of the play to how we do. She's, she's uh, certainly the character that most overtly sides with evil at any stage. No mm. other character makes, it, makes an employ for evil to empower them. Yeah. We, we
0: only see a, an element of humanity when she's on her own, mm. which is very rare in the play. Mm. The moment before Ban- yes, the moment before Macbeth comes back with the daggers, and She's telling us on stage, sort of, you know, I I would have done it if he had looked like my father, mm. you know, mm. um, as he slept. I think I think that's an interesting point. We do see an element of humanity, perhaps more so than Macbeth. Mm. Um, that's something we could think about. How does supernatural link with humanity? Yeah, you know your your element of of how humane you are. Um, so Mister Gleed, you touched on Banquo and Macduff. Earlier. Yes. Um, And that sort of juxtaposition of natural versus supernatural. Why do you think it's important for students to talk about that? Why should we talk about that? Well, Mm. I think,
1: um, you know, Macbeth obviously, at at, at the point of the play, sort of maybe by um, the end of Act 1, beginning of Act 2, uh, Macbeth has really completely embraced the supernatural and he's mm. really embraced this idea that he's going to become king. Yeah. Um, and we can clearly see the dangerous path that that belief is sort of carrying him along. Mm. And I think the two characters that are perceived to be in the play sort of the most valiant or the most. Uh, heroic. The ex- yeah, yeah, with the most heroic, um, maybe with the exception. Well, m- we could probably include Malcolm in this as well, mm. but Banquo specifically rejects the idea of the supernatural. He mm, does, um, and um, and the fact and and Macduff, um, you know, his he he obviously his, rejects- existence opposes his it. very existence opposes the supernatural. Um, And I think those two characters really embody that idea of opposites. And Mm. I mean, if you actually look at what happens to those two characters, Mm. you know, what is the message Shakespeare is sending, you know, how damaging the idea of the supernatural can possibly be. Mm. Um, You know, Macduff's children are murdered, you know, an incredibly unnatural act that Mm. he actually mentions that it's an unnatural act. Yes, it does. Um, And obviously Banquo uh, with, you know, him being murdered himself Mm. Um, and all of these things are happening once Macbeth has become king as a result of his belief in the supernatural Mm. Um, it's a reliance on the
0: supernatural almost as well
1: absolutely it's a reliance on the supernatural
0: I think in the final battle scene when Macduff says uh, you know that he was untimely ripped we realize actually the supernatural never had any power necessarily Mm. it Mm. was all the idea that Macbeth sort of needed it to have power so he believed in it if mm. that makes sense mm. because that was the only thing propping up his rule which links us to the divine right of kings and the chain of being he disrupted both of those things and was unable to keep his kingdom through his strength of character alone and had to rely on these supernatural
2: yeah absolutely. I mean, mean it is one of those big undetermined questions what would have happened if the witches never said anything in the first instance arguably would, nothing would things have played out exactly the same Quite possibly. Good question. Mm. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost like one of those scenarios where um, they sort of sell you a lie by telling you the truth sort of thing, <laughs> um, where th- they've given you some information about what's to happen, but it's, it's almost like a time travel paradox. Is he making it happen because he's heard about it and that's what generates it in the first place? Mm. Or um, did th- was there any real foreknowledge of events? We, never, we may never know.
0: We may never know. Indeed. We'll leave that thought with you. Um, thanks very much for tuning in, everyone, and we shall uh, speak to you again soon. Thank, Thank, you. You. Thank you. Bye.